I'm glad Brad's still friends with me after, because there was a point like where I had nothing to do. I felt like I was messaging Brad every day. Look what I found. Look what I found. <laughs> I, I know it was annoying. It was like the month. Well, and then, but then I made him work for me. I told him that, like, um, I think it was maybe the month of August or maybe yeah. it was whatever it was. He had to spend an entire month, and like every day that he did his searches, he had to just pretend it was me and do it on my behalf. And if he yeah. found anything, I got first dibs. Even yeah. if he... that's the way you partner up, that's a partnership. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this is 2021. This isn't the first episode of 2021 because that dropped the other day, but this is the first episode I'm recording in 2021. I'm preferring to see this as a new beginning, as a rebirth, as a deep breath and exhalation. Let's start off on a positive positive note this year and to that end i am bringing you listeners something absolutely special i am bringing you a whompin two-parter and this isn't a two-parter that it becomes a two-parter because i recorded for too long this is a two-parter in advance i already know it's going to be a two-parter because i have two incredible guests on here to discuss an incredible list that's right it is also i believe the first list show I've ever done. Uh, please welcome to the show, back to the show for the gazillionth time, everyone's favorite Berenstain Bears collectors, Bradley Mariska and Jeremy Gloff. Hello, guys. Hey, thank you for having us. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah. I'm so glad to be back. So this isn't, we're not, we are not just here to discuss a specific collectible. We are here to discuss a list, a 20-point list that we are breaking into two halves, the, 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 the 20th through the 11th and the 10th through the 1st. But guys, what is this incredible list? Well, this is basically the, the 20 rarest or most unusual books in the entire Berenstain Bears catalog or library. And with more than 500 unique titles, not even counting different editions and reprints and bind-ups, it's really hard to narrow down what are the ones that are most unusual or most rare. So this is a conversation Jeremy and I have all the time is, you know, what is rare? What's gotten hard to find? Um, how do we help other collectors complete their collections? So hopefully this list is something that is beneficial to people who are actively collecting and also just a, a curiosity because it tells a story of the franchise. And so how did this list come about? Like, what's the genesis of this of this list? People are always asking in our collectors group on Facebook, if you type in Berenstain Bears collectors and fans on Facebook, you'll find our group. And uh, Jeremy, you can tell me if you agree or not, but I feel like it's all the time that people are posting a picture of a book and saying, is this book rare? Is it valuable? Or um, how come I can't find this certain book? And this, this wonderful list just kind of showed up in my uh, messages one day, like, boom, there it is. And it was awesome. Like, I I actually delayed reading it because I knew I was going to enjoy reading it so much that I wanted to sa savor the moment. Yeah, so <laughs> it's true. Like, I did create it, but Jeremy actually inspired me to do it because, um, well, and Jeremy, you should, you should tell Phil the story about how we discovered some really new rare um, editions of books this year. 2020 was a great year for collecting and that also inspired me to, to create this list. So yes, 2020, you know, of course the year of the pandemic 
And there was nothing to do but sit at home and refresh my eBay over and over. Etsy, that other Mercar, I can't even pronounce it. Mercari, <laughs> I don't, I which, by the way, that Mercari, whatever, has the worst search engine ever. And then you had Facebook Marketplace introduced into the realm this year. So I felt like with the pandemic, people that were selling needed the money and had nothing to do but go through their stuff. And people that were buying had nothing to do but spend some money and buy the stuff that people were putting up online. Yeah. So there was a point like in July slash August where I think I was finding a new edition or a new book or a new item almost every three or four days. I think Brad and I made a list. Didn't we discover like 20 new things this year? Maybe even more? Yeah, we discovered, like, for example, a lot of the old golden color book, coloring books from the 1980s. Um, we knew that some of them had different editions. Um, and we just thought that, oh, maybe like the second printing, like just had a slightly different cover or whatever. And what we did was when we started actually collecting them and realizing them, thanks to Aaron Higgins, um, who runs this a retro reprints website, and it's literally an archive of coloring books throughout history. And he said, hey, um, do you guys have all these different editions? And we started, we're like, let's buy them all and just like make sure. And then we realized that they had different numbers of pages and different illustrations in them. So there isn't just the all through the year coloring book from 1986. There's actually three different versions of them, wow. and they're all slightly different. And the one that started it all was actually a coloring book called Puzzles. Because Aaron Higgins, he's like, do, I don't know, these aren't the right numbers, but he's like, do you have the 30-page version or the 80-page version? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, they, some of them are almost completely different books, and I never had any idea. That's incredible. And so what we're dealing with is, what we're dealing with a lot is variations then on collectibles when you talk about new stuff appearing it's not necessarily always a new book or something you've never heard of it's stuff that to a collector is like whoa this is this needs to go on my bookshelf next to something that's almost identical yes yes and i even included one of those on our list in fact um we're gonna that one i just mentioned all through the year uh i made sure to put that on the list so that other collectors would realize that you know if you're going to be a completist uh you want to have all of the different editions of each book especially if you know that the contents are actually different that's it's not just a different cover like the actual contents are different which brings me to the uh to the list itself uh, a 20 a 20 item list that uh as you guys have said in the past the most rare things in the berenstain bears collectible world are things you don't know exist yet so that's always a tricky a tricky turn phase there's stuff out there that w could never make a list because it's just hasn't passed into your range of vision yet so this is a this is a list that is more like for someone who is is starting a, a collection or is really curious about what's weird, what's out there, what might I not even have in my radar. Here is here is something you probably should add if you're if you're getting serious about Berenstain Bears collecting. That's exactly correct. And it starts off, we actually start off the list with an honorable mention. Jeremy and I have talked a lot about how there's this coloring book from 1984. And it's not just a coloring book. It's oh, a, it's, it's a storybook that 
is is turned into a coloring book. So the Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree, and, and the subtitle is A Story to Color, because it tells the story of the Berenstain Bears Christmas Tree, the storybook, but you get to color in all the pictures. And the covers, both of the original 1984 edition, which shows Papa in the woods with his axe and this beautiful blue sky, and then the 1986 reprint, which has this amazingly oh detailed... Uh, uh, illustration on the cover of the Bears Treehouse all decorated by their forest friends. We just, we had to include these two on the list. I mean, and they are pretty rare. They're maybe not the 20 most rare items, but anybody who's a true Berenstain Bears fan needs this book. That cover might be my one of my favorite covers of all time, if not my favorite. The yep. second version from 1986. I, I agree. I, I want to point out really quick, though, before before we get too deep into this, that this list can be found at BerenstainBearsCollectors.com. So if you want to see these pictures, just head on over there. They're on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. If people are listening to this episode and they want to sort of follow along and scroll through, we have a description and pictures of each one of these items at BerenstainBearsCollectors.com. And that's Berenstain with an A. And uh, yes. I, what I love about the Berenstain Bears uh, Christmas tree, the second edition, the more detailed one, is that you have this picture of the bears looking up at their treehouse, uh, and it, it looks, it, it momentarily looks as if there is a wolf blocking the door. There, there is oh my a, gosh, it does. <laughs> it's like we can't go back in our treehouse because the animals have taken over, and there's a literally a wolf at the door. And he has an ornament in his mouth. Yeah, I feel like these Christmas trees came out like during what I consider the golden era, like that mid '80s is just when a lot of my favorite stuff really came out. Yeah. From the bands. Well, it was also the height of the popularity of the series. They had the holiday specials in the early 80s. There was the Saturday morning cartoon. Um, at this time, they were selling millions of books in the um, first-time books series at this time each year. So this is definitely uh, the height of their popularity. So it doesn't surprise me that they took this coloring book and then re-released it two years later with a different cover because they probably sold quite a few of them. Yeah. And back then, I also feel like they were coming out with a lot of stuff, but everything really counted back then. Because later on, there like a lot of stuff would start coming out. But back then, every release counted. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, that's our honorable mention. But let's kick <laughs> off this list now with uh, with a surprising one to me. Uh, uh, number twenty. Well, number twenty is the Berenstain Bears and the Neighborly Skunk, and we included this on the list because um, it went out of print very shortly after being released. It's in the Random House Mini Storybooks collection, which was one of the best-selling series by the Berenstains. Mm -hmm. So to say that this book is super rare is a little deceptive, but to the um, uninitiated or to a uh, someone who's just starting their collection, this book is going to be a lot harder to find than any of the other Random House books from this time period. You can find hundreds of copies of the, the first-time books and the mini storybooks and the first-time readers, but you have to look a little deeper to find Neighborly Skunk, and you have to pay a little bit more. Yeah. So this is sort of, we put it at number 20 because it's like, it's kind of rare, but um, this would be like the first challenge. And, it, and when I was a kid... Um, this is one of the first books that I wanted that I couldn't get because I didn't get it right away when it came out. And yeah. I told my mom a couple years later, because it was advertised on the back of all of the other mini storybooks, Neighborly Skunk. And we would go to the bookstore and they'd be like, nope, we can't get that one. Yeah. It's in this series, I think the first four all came out in a set. I remember them all four appearing out of nowhere. Yeah. 
And then after that, there's three, right? And then this one was like a standalone. This was the last one that came out in the series that didn't come out with a group like the other ones did. That's correct, because I remember Big Election and the Dinosaurs came out at the same time. Yes. Because one year for Christmas, uh, my brother got the Dinosaur book, and I got the Big Election. And that was like probably 1985 or so, maybe 84. It was actually one of the very first books I ever had was Berenstain Bears and the Big Election. Now, were these this series... was. Were these books republished as under like for a different purpose? I, I are these the ones that came out as a part of a fast food offer, or am I thinking of a different series of smaller books? Yeah, they were Long John Silvers, weren't they? Yeah, correct. But of course, uh, Neighborly Skunk was never included in that promotion. Mm. So that's another thing too. You can find a lot of these available uh, with a different cover on the back that says Long John Silvers, but yeah. not Neighborly Skunk. There's and no so Long John Silver version. Do they do they still smell like those little crispy Long John Silvers pieces? Hush <laughs> <laughs> puppies. <laughs> yeah, the first, the, the the other scratch and sniff series that we never hear about. No, uh, the, what's funny is the neighborly skunk. Also, for a book that went out of print, the neighborly skunk was like a regular character in the nineteen eighty five television series. Like he actually went on to have life outside of this one book, unlike a lot of the one one shot characters. Yeah, all of the books in this series also are um, a little more playful in their storytelling, and mm. Papa is a little bit more of a mistake prone. Uh, individual kind of like the earlier beginner books and right. like the cartoon series yeah. so like they definitely have a different tone than the, the the first time books yeah i was a big fan you know what's interesting is that in my hometown uh the big election and the dinosaurs showed up at the same time as shoot the rapids oh so that's how they're over in fredonia new york that's how they appeared as a trilogy for those three well let's move on to number 19 it's probably the least exciting title of any Berenstain Bears book I've ever seen. <laughs> and one of the most specific. Yeah. The Berenstain Bears visit the credit union. Oh gosh. <laughs> this this is this is this is one that I'm going to end up having to cover obviously eventually and I am actually excited about it because I belong to a credit union and I love my credit union. Uh -huh. Well, so do the Berenstains. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> but this was part of a. This was part. This wasn't just. This wasn't just some random book that they decided to write out of love for credit unions. This was actually a partnership, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's called the 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 uh, Berenstain Bears Financial Literacy Program, and it's a program to help kids learn how to manage their money and use banks and credit unions, but specifically credit unions. Yeah. Uh, the Franklin Mint Federal Credit Union, a credit union of choice, exclamation point. Uh, so I bought this October 24th, 2015, because I put, when I got the books in the front cover, and I remember when this book showed up on our radar, like, you had to sign up for the credit union, was it? I remember it was like $50 for this one yeah, book. You had to literally open an account or give them enough money to open an account. So like wow. I sent them, I sent them 50 bucks and I said, I don't actually want to open an account, but I want the book. <laughs> That's the only way to get the book. And I tried to strike a deal with them. Like I remember like, Hey, I'm a serious collector. And they did not care at wow. all. I mean, I wonder if that has to do with like the, the contract. They, I would be so interested in just hearing about this contract, like how this came about. <laughs> it's still ongoing, isn't it? I think. Yep, it's still. I just double checked when I was making the list. I double checked the website and uh, you can still sign up and you can still get the book if you open an account. Uh, so the program is still going. Are there other books in the financial literacy series? 
Yeah, there's a special version of Trouble with Money. But um, basically, if I remember correctly, Jeremy, they don't actually change any mm. of the story. They just put a slightly different cover on it. And then there are some extra activities inside the book. Yep. Oh, so it's not like the kids like want to spend all their money and mom is like, well, you really should uh, invest it, but in a credit union because then <laughs> you're part owner of the business. So it's interesting that with the pandemic, this book has shown up on the radar oh, yeah? a lot in the last year, I feel like. Don't you feel like, Brad, it's shown up three or four times? Yeah, for the first couple of years, like it was nowhere, of course, because uh, the only way to get it was by joining <laughs> right. this credit union. But what's happened is kids who joined the credit union four or five years ago have now outgrown the book yeah. and their parents are trying to sell it on eBay. So it's uh, actually a book. If you look long enough and hard enough, you can find a copy. But it it definitely is. You can't just go to a bookstore and order it. Right. No, and 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 uh, does it go for since it costs so much to get? Does it go for quite a bit used? It really depends because most people, when they put it up for sale, don't realize it's rare. Right. So it just it you can probably find it cheap, but it won't last long. Right. So let's move on to number eighteen, another very unusual book. But this is an unusual book, not because of well, maybe because of what's inside the book, but also what the book is inside of. Yeah, this is the Berenstain Bears Red Roadster. And uh, at first glance, it's just a toy car. It is the Berenstain Bears family in their Red Roadster convertible. <laughs> um, but when you open up the underbelly of the car, it literally opens up and there's a book inside of it. And this yep. is made by Ertl, which is very famous for their, their toy vehicles in the 80s and 90s. I love this one. So, yeah, so it's like you you flip up, the like the chassis opens up, and inside the body of the car is this, it looks like a tabbed book? Yes, it's a tabbed book. What is it about? Uh, they're taking a drive through the country. They go over a bridge. They stop <laughs> to get gas. They and go back, they come home. back home. <laughs> I was hoping it would be a book about the Red Roadster. Like, you may know mama and papa, sister and brother, but do you know the story of, like, how they got their car? I was hoping it was like, <laughs> here's the backstory we've always wondered about their purchasing of this car. They also listen to the radio. I skipped to that page. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's real simple little couplets. Um, the Berenstain Bears are out for a spin. Their shiny Red Roadster is what they are in. That's not a lie. I mean, where's the lie in that? Uh, <laughs> do we know if Ertl made any other car book toys? Like, did they make one for, like, I don't know, the Ghostbusters or anything? I've never researched that, so that, that is an interesting thing to look into. I haven't either. How come I've never looked that up? As yeah. far as I can see, it's just the Red Roadster. I mean, they've made models of Grease Lightning from Grease. I see Smokey and the Bandit playset. There's Dick Tracy's car. There's Thomas the Tank Engine. Everything, but there, I don't see any other books. Pretty cool. There's a there's a t man, Blade Runner. They did everything, didn't they? Yep, this is the only one. I just Googled it and I looked at the first five results. I can't find any others, so we're just gonna say outright that it's this the is only one. the only turns <laughs> out book. Turns out kids did not want the General Lee that opens up and there's a story of Roscoe P. Coltrane inside. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, do you know what this sold for during its original sale? Um, well, hang on a second. I'll find my version that is still in the packaging and I'll oh. see if the price is still on it. Because I have I have one that's in, in the box still. That's awesome. This did come out around 1997, didn't it, Brad? I think. 
It was a, I think it was a mid nineties. No, 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. So it's even, yeah, later. which is actually a little bit, you know, late, you know, um, later it was a little bit past the peak. And also I would say past the peak of Ertl as well. It yeah. does look, and it is unusual because it, the, the bears themselves look like an older model of the bears. Like it looks a little, it looks almost vintage. Yes, it does. In their design. Like they just took some, they took some 3d models from, from older collectibles and just and just glued them into the into the red roadster it's cool it's kind of neat and i've investigated the packaging uh the price tag has been pulled off and there isn't oh, okay. an msrp anywhere on the box so um i don't know but i would guess this sold for probably like 20 bucks or something yeah know. uh well very good it's a it's a book you can read and you can roll like and what else and what else do <laughs> read you want and roll from? Yeah, what else do you want from literature these days? <laughs> Moving on, number seventeen. What is what is this one? This was this is a special one because the picture in the uh, list includes a picture of Jeremy Gloff himself. So the first time I actually ever saw this book is when the Strong website uploaded their photos of the Berenstein Bear collection. And this is the Berenstein Bears. It's magic! Exclamation point. Mark and C. So the Strong Museum in Rochester uploaded photos of everything in their Berenstein collection. And I saw this book, which I'd never heard of, and I never found it for years and years and years. So then 2017, the three of us go up to visit Mike Bernstein in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And like I had in my mind, like I have to leave here with something from my list. And we got there and he had one copy of this in his archive. I'm like, oh, crap. Like my heart was broken. I'm like, there goes my dreams. But I, it was cool to actually hold this book in my hand. So then we went from the basement upstairs to where his drawing room was. And there was another bookcase. And in that bookcase, there were two more copies of Mark and C. So it was so embarrassing to do this. But I'm like, Mike, can I, can I have one of these copies? And he didn't even, he didn't even care. He's like, oh, sure. But I was, I was really embarrassed to do that. <laughs> the lens. The lengths to which a collector will go to get that rare item. I was there. Uh, I was actually conducting an interview in the next room with uh, Mike's assistant at the time. And uh, I could hear this like sort of emotional <laughs> conversation going on like uh, in my within my range of hearing. And then I finished up the little bit of interview. And you were just like, I, I got it. I got the book. Yeah. So not only did I get a book off my list, but it came direct from the source. So... I was so happy. That was that was a hard year for me. So that was definitely like one of the high points is getting the Mark and C coloring book right in Pennsylvania. And what exactly is this book? There's a bunch of like pictures that have blank spots. So if mm. you take the magic marker and fill it in, I guess a picture appears. I've never actually done it. So I don't know. Right. Why would you? And uh, and and is this book still rare? Is it still hard to find? It finally showed up once. Wow. Using the ISBN number. Yeah, this is actually, like, when we talk about, um, of the books we've talked about so far, this book is by far the rarest. Um, we've got uh, members of our group that have been searching for this book for years and years and years. And, like, even Jeremy, who is so good at finding rare items, could not find one on his own until, like, Mike literally gifted him one. So, And there's a um, very good reason why this book is rare. Yeah, well, it was... Obviously, like many coloring books, kids 
consume them and destroy them. And of course, this one was more expensive to produce because it comes with that built-in marker. So mm -hmm. they probably didn't make nearly as many of them. So um, yeah, this is like the perfect storm of, of, of events to create a rare property. Yeah, and uh, and I, I mean, I, as a child, I had my share of these sort of magic marker books, and even though they are ostensibly coloring books, they're mostly, I just want to see what's on, what's in the hidden picture, and then I'm done. Like you finish right. this, you you tear through this book in ten minutes, and and then the interest is gone. So e even more so than a coloring book, where a child may color a page or two and lose interest, but the parents will hang on to it. Uh, this is just like, nope, I'm done. I've done everything that's fun in this. I'm getting rid of it. And I think the copy that did show up, like we had the ISBN on Amazon and I said, Brad, is there actually a copy for sale here? And I think Brad took a chance and bought it and it, it did turn out to be the copy, right? So that's the only one I've ever seen for sale in my, I guess, 20 years of collecting. Now. Wow. Wow. So yeah, truly a collectible. Uh, and you guys both own copies, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is nothing that uh that you would allow to slip into anyone's hands if you did not have a copy of yeah. it. And not to be snooty, but you know, there's not a lot of things I can claim in life, but I do own everything on this list, and so does <laughs> so does Brett. <laughs> well, the next item on this list is one that I find this is this is an item that I find of fascinating interest, uh, because not only because of its of its uniqueness, but also kind of its historical importance. Uh, what is number sixteen? Yeah, number 16 is the Lakota Berenstain Bears Teachers and Caregivers Guide. And um, this is part of a, a bigger program where um, Mike Berenstain actually licensed for free. Um, he gave up all claim to royalties so that they could take 10 episodes of the Berenstain Bears animated show and um, dub them into uh, the Lakota language, or actually several different dialects of the Lakota language. And then they were put on DVDs and they were actually broadca broadcast on public television in North and South Dakota, um, starting in 2012. And they produced these uh, teachers and caregiver guides for, uh, for teachers and um, daycare providers to uh, give guided reading and lessons and activities to the kids after they watched the episodes. So it's their way of trying to preserve this language, this um, indigenous language that uh, not a lot of people speak anymore. And it's the first and only, to my knowledge, anim American animated television show in an indigenous North American language. Now, unlike a lot of things on this list, this is freely available for purchase. This isn't this isn't out of print. You can just go to their website and buy a copy of this. Yep, I think uh, this one turned up because I was doing one of my late night searches for a different item, and then I saw a Google image of the cover. So I was like, "What is this?" So you know, I annoyed Brad and sent him the link. Here's another thing we need, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it might be about around fifty dollars. But when you order it on the website, you think you're getting one book. So when I opened my envelope, I thought that there were two books in there. And I thought they had just sent me two copies of the same book. Because, you know, I'd look at everything for like two seconds then move on. But looking closer, you realize it's a volume one and volume two. And they're mm -hmm. just, I think they're beautiful books. I love the blue on the cover. Yeah, they, they're because they are complete. It's the scripts of each episode in the Lakota language. Um, uh, so you, it's, it is literally a complete episode guide for these shows and uh 
I just I find this fascinating, but is it why is this something that many collectors don't own? Is it simply because they don't know about it or they it's just it's it's a resource guide, so it's not as interesting or Yeah, it's like very borderline in terms of is this actually a book? Is it ephemeral? And then of course it's not advertised commercially. So even us as collectors, like I knew about this project because I own the DVD that has all 20 episodes. And I think earlier I said it was 10 episodes, but it's 10 episodes per book. Yeah. Per book, yeah. 20 episodes total. So I knew that they had done this and I have the DVD of all of the episodes, but I never realized there were these books that were a tie-in to the program. So yeah, Jeremy discovered that. And yes, you can still go to the website and order these books, but I think just a lot of people don't know about it, which is why we included it on this list. So before these go out of print, we want other people and collectors to to get these and spread the word about this really um, unique and important program. Yeah, and talk about money well spent. I mean, the books are a little bit expensive, but if you're a true collector, it's worth it. And it's going to such a good program. Yeah, and they also, uh, to that point, um, made sure when they translated this into um, the Lakota language, they didn't try to translate Berenstain or they didn't call it the Berenstain Bears. Uh, the actual transa- translation is something to the effect of like the good values bear family or something to that. Okay. Effect. And uh, where did you get, where did you find the additional information about the history of this? Um, most of it is right on the the website where you can buy these resources. There's a whole website about this project, and um, you can learn a lot more about it there. Um, or just by Googling it, you'll end up there eventually. So moving on, item number 15 looks very soft and pillowy. What are we looking at here? Yeah, this is uh, a what we sometimes call a, a cuddle book or a cl- cuddle cloth book. And so it's a fabric book uh, made out of cotton. And um, you know, there are these, uh, you know, printed and in this case, even some embroidered um, details. This is actually like the fanciest cloth book um, that I've ever seen. In fact, it has some moving parts inside of it. Yeah, like um, the, the Velcro. And this is called, the, this is the Berenstain Bears Book of Values. Oh yes. yeah, sorry. It's, I didn't even say the title. The Berenstain Bears Book of Values. And this just randomly showed up one day. Um, it was by um, uh, Alma's Designs. They had they had done a contract with, with this one company to do some, some fabrics and some craft type items. This is the only book that they produced but it's really cool it was only around for a little while again not a lot of copies of it were made so it's actually really hard to find this yeah it's interesting there's one version that has a yellow handle sewn at the top and then one that doesn't Uh, it originally came in this little red plastic bag kind of thing yeah like a clear vinyl Mm -hmm. like snapshot bag this is a you you said it's unique. This it looks like something that someone would have made for another person as a gift. Like yeah, I thought I thought it was fake at first when I yeah, saw it. Yeah, the first time I ever saw it, I thought it was a homemade item. Um, yeah. until I actually got it and was like, whoa, no, this is actually commercially produced. But it actually even even the tag on the back where it says copyright Berenstain Entertainment, manufactured by Alma's design, is um it's sewn into the book. It it just looks so home. It looks like my grandma could have made this for me. 
yeah, definitely like an Etsy, like an Etsy thing. It does. It looks like it looks like someone who has an Etsy shop and is like, my specialty is making cloth versions of children's yeah. books. But then you look at the pages, and uh, you you've just posted two honesty and trust. I assume this is just each page is a different value. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's three dimensional. Like there's elements on each page that are sep like created separately and then attached. I love the, so, the broom moving. <laughs> so that uh, like there's a. Uh, a broken vase on honesty and it says our family has values and the pieces of the vase are are separate from the rest of the image uh i wonder who did the images like i wonder who did these drawings it it they look they look very state fair yes <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah uh, and that's not meant as an insult it looks it looks just very homemade crafty like you'd eat a jar of jam, strawberry grandma's jam with it. Yeah. <laughs> These definitely would have won first place, I, I guarantee. Um, but you also on the on your on your list, it just says it, 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 they came out, they were gone. Good luck finding one. That's all we know. Yeah, we like I said, we don't know a whole lot. I could have gone into a little more detail about the Alma's Designs company and how they did produce some other crafts and fabric for the series. But you know, if you're just collecting the books. There really isn't a whole lot more that we know about it. So yeah, I see. I see like Alma's designs. I see like they have a thing called My Quiet Book, which is like a pillowy book for little kids. Like it's just sort of like it looks like something you'd find at like uh, a kid's like a uh, sort of a, a niche toy store. Um, yeah, they have like little stuffed Noah's Ark. They have like little stuffed tea sets. It's, it's like they make very soft versions of things that typically aren't soft. A very soft doctor's kit, a very soft makeup purse. It looks like on the back here that they do have, there's a Curious George one. Oh, really? They have, they have a list of about 10 here. Um, Babar, is that how you pronounce it? So it looks like they did a few. Brad, I don't think these show up very often. I very rarely do see this come up on eBay. Yeah, I'd say it used to come up a lot more a few years ago. It's just old enough now that... Um... I haven't seen a copy of this in a long time. Yeah, and it's unique enough. I feel like people would would hang on to this one. This one would stand out and be like, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this one in my collection. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. This is this is hard to find for the opposite reason of the coloring books because this is one that you know when you're when you're purging, you're like, God, oh, that book is so unique. Yeah. When you put the ISBN, nothing shows up. <laughs> That's because you have to sew it into your search engine. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 14 is unusual because it's more of an it, it's it's almost an instruction manual that came with an item. That's right. I know. Again, this is like a borderline like is this a book is it not? First of all, the book is called How to Tell Time Two Ways, Analog and Digital, featuring mm -hmm. the Berenstain Bears. Jeremy, tell us about how you figured this out. Well, that fateful day, I think it was like probably 2010, 2011, when the Strong Museum uploaded their entire Berenstein collection on the internet, I was going through every picture with like an eagle eye. Uh -huh. And they had a picture of the box that the watch came in. Yeah. And, and just tiny little text on the front of the box that said, includes book. So for years, I'm like, there's got to be a book in there. And then Brad found an extra copy of this in his collection it was kind enough to send it to me, but I'm like, Brad, I bet that's the book that's I, in that box. I had and... it the whole time and never <laughs> knew it because I had bought the watch. Two yeah, copies because I had 
I thought the watch was so unusual and unique and both times that I found it, it was still in the box, but I never opened it up because if I oh. find something still in its packaging, I want to leave it intact, right? So I never opened it up to take the watch out, which means I never knew that there was a book packaged inside. Even though it says there's a book inside on the cover, like on the box, it says in an illustration, it says, uh, it says Bear St. Bear's Quartz Analog Watch by Armatron on a big sign. It says, how to tell time book inside. Huh. Who's, whose side are you on anyway? <laughs> Look at this illustration of Sister Bear. I mean, that's a great illustration right there. Yeah, she's, um, th there's some really good, like, again, it's almost an instruction manual, but there obviously are some original illustrations mm -hmm. in here. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, so this, um, uh, is, love this one. It's just so awesome. We we love it so, so much. So there's there's two different watches that were a part of this series. There was a digital watch and an analog watch. Right. Now, the thing that we're always confused about is that in the book, brother says he prefers digital and sister says she prefers analog. But I was thinking about this the other day and I went through the book again and then I looked at my watch and I haven't even told Jeremy this because I'm, I'm curious. Um, like, I have the brother watch, but it's analog. Now, according to the book, the digital version should have brother on it, and the analog version should have sister. So did they only, did they make four versions of it? Or was there only one? I, I don't know. I'm super confused because the only watch that I have is brother and it's analog another cool moment is that we actually got to go into the archive of the strong museum so that picture i saw online many years ago I actually later held that box in my hand oh. and the book <laughs> so that was awesome do, do you remember jeremy um because those pictures are gone now the strong has removed all of that from their website what yep. was that an an analog or a digital version of the watch do you remember it was the one you had yeah i thought it was, it was a, and that's why we were like We've only ever seen one version of the watch, and it's yeah. both times been analog and brother. But there has to be a sister version, and there has to be a digital version. So you've never actually seen anything but this this one watch? Correct. Huh. So if anyone has that, Brad needs to buy it from you. I will give you so much money for the digital version of this watch. So we don't even know. Wait, we don't even know if the digital version exists. Nope. So this could I, just be. It, it has to, though. It has to. Like, why else would you even make this book? <laughs> Unless they only did, like, half the project and never, like, followed through with the, it. The title of the book that is an instruction manual, basically, that goes inside the box is called How to Tell Time Two Ways. Two Ways. Digital and Analog. I there bet, has to be a digital version. I bet if you flip the watch over, it's digital on the other side, and you've just never looked. Or the digital one just broke. Like the, okay. the other one lasted longer. Maybe that's why people threw Okay, up. I'm going to go take the watch out of the box <laughs> and show you that it is just an analog watch. Or there's a digital watch behind it. Like, <laughs> you just never open the box. Okay, so I am I'm opening. Yeah. I'm opening the box, the purple box. Quartz analog watch by Armatron. Mm-hmm. Okay, opening it up. Now, again, notice the, the box literally says quartz yes. analog watch. watch. There's only an analog watch in here. Yep. And yes, it's still in. I'm not going to open it. It's still in plastic. Oh, wow. But it is It is blue. It mm -hmm. is brother. And it is analog. Well, 
unfortunately, we may never know the truth about the watches. We uh, may never know. That's that's part of the, that's part of the part of the pain of being a collector, I guess. <laughs> uh, but moving on to uh, number thirteen, this is this is one of those special weird coloring book things you never knew was a thing. Yeah, this is the all through the year coloring book I referenced earlier, unless you're going to edit that part out, so I'll say it again. <laughs> um, this um, Actually, Jeremy can tell this story because it's Aaron Higgins, who is a color book collector, who tipped us off to some of these unique editions just in the past year. Right. So between Brad and I, we each have the entire collection of Bernstein Bear coloring books. Yeah. And uh, Aaron Higgins has RetroReprints.com, where he scans and archives he has like 5,000 coloring books on there. But, you know, we kind of became his Bernstein guys. And I, if I got a book, I'd scan it so it could be part of history forever. Yeah. So there was one book called Puzzles. And he's like, do you have the 30-page version or the 80-page version? You know, making up the numbers. But at that point, I realized these coloring books have completely different editions. I only saw the cover. I never looked further into it. But once I started looking on eBay, I realized there were four of these books in the golden coloring series that had various versions. So I think the standard edition of the all through the year is the one that just says a coloring book on top and the oval on top shows what edition it is. So Aaron Higgins would call this the blue oval, a giant coloring book. So you have the standard one, then the giant one, uh -huh. and then you have the giant one that also has easy tear out pages. Are those like perforated? Yeah, so these are perforated, and honestly, the first one's a lot skinnier than the other two. So this is the probably half the length of the other two. Uh -huh. But between the regular version, the easy tear out, I think there's even a couple page differences in these two also. So it's it was kind of a headache, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna find all these? <laughs> but luckily, we did. Like we we kind of bought them all up, and I think the next person to kind of look for all these is gonna have a little bit more trouble. Did they go later? Do you know and like add pictures from other coloring books or? Like, is that, does it, because is there like obviously a difference in style between the older pictures and the newer pictures? Like, how did they, do, did they just, did they just need something to pad out their giant coloring book series? I'm thinking that the skinnier one was the first one to come out and then they yeah. turned it into the giant version. And then I think the whole franchise, I think Golden started making all their coloring books, easy tarot pages, mm. like 91, 92. I see. So then any, any uh, reprints had the tarot pages. And this is one of the things we're talking about with, this is the getting down to the nitty gritty of collecting. Like your 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 casual collector might just be like, I have a copy of the all you know, all through the year whatever coloring book. That's fine. I don't need to like, I don't need to fill my shelves with every single variant on this coloring book. It's enough for right. me to have this. But once you get into like, once you get a little more obsessive with your collecting and a little more like, mm, there's a difference here. I got to get it. That's where you start getting into stuff like this. And so. This so this is where you would say this is now hard to find. Like in addition to it being hard to find because it's a coloring book, it's also hard to find because it's versions of a of a coloring book. Right, and like you know, in my book collection, I don't own a lot of the different reprints with different companies. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of books I like. I have one copy of it. That's all I need. The reason I do get these is that sometimes there's different unique pages, and that's how it kind of sets apart for me. Yeah. 
Well, let's move on to number 12, because we have talked about number 12 uh, in the past. Uh, this, is a, this is a gentleman who is, is familiar to listeners if they've listened to our Collectors Club. He is, our, he is well, one of our robot overlords, uh, a terrifying being we know as Questron. Uh, the Berenstain, <laughs> and the Berenstain Bears had the honor to meet Questron in 1987. <laughs> yeah, there's actually two books in this series, and they're, um, I would say, almost equally rare. This is one of those where we just had to make a choice of which book are we going to feature um, on the list. The one that seems to be a little bit more rare is The Berenstain Bears Meet Questron, Left, Right, Stop, Go, and Other Things You Need to Know. And what's cool about the Questron books and the Questron reader is um, they're more like um, activity books or workbooks where students um, or children can work out problems like differentiating between colors or they can do simple math problems and then you touch the Questron reader to the um, the appropriate answer and using like um, color tech coding technology uh, it tells you if your answer is right or wrong it's mm -hmm. actually like really sophisticated and super cool in fact on the list i should have more pictures of the interior of the book um i don't know why i don't because <laughs> this is seriously one of the the coolest things and and by the way you can still find those questron readers um i did an ebay search the other day and there's like three of them for sale on ebay right now uh, wow. so this is something where the reader is easier to find than the actual book. If you can find the book, you'll definitely be able to find the reader to go with it. Well, because Questron put out a ton of books for di yes. different subjects, so that, those readers were probably sold at Toys R Us and yep. KB and places for you know just every you and you probably had to buy them and re replace them, or you know your kid would lose because it's just a wand, right? It's just a, yep. it's just a, it's just a, it's that's what we, I think I remember us discussing it. It's just this like magic wand that would 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 complete the book for you. And Brad, how rare would you say they are now? Just out of curiosity. Well, um, they're definitely more rare than they used to be. But um, I was looking for one the other day and I had to go to several different websites, but I did find one copy of this for sale. And it was it was not outrageous. It was like 25 or 30 bucks, but it was the right. only copy available. So if that one goes away, it might be another year or two before another one shows up. So there just happens to be one on the market right now. They really are beautiful, like you said, just vibrant illustrations i love them yeah yeah and i do want to to let people know that if you go searching for questron on google it is going to correct it to questran which is an uh an oral suspension uh cholesterol lowering lowering agent and so it will it will change it to questran every single time you do a google search Darn. So just be warned. Uh, you, if you order the wrong thing, you'll end up with a few packets of oral suspension powder no, and not a, a delightful. Uh, just a, what a we Bear's need. Bears book wand. No, no wonder I can never find a copy of this book. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> it's actually super common. You just keep, you just keep getting uh, googled out of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Questron. I did love. I do love the Robot Man. Um, all right, and our final book for this episode, book number eleven. It is the. It is it is a super rare book, uh, not least because it came with soap. What is what is number eleven? I love this. This is the Berenstain Bears. Scrub a dub dub is a bath book, so it's made 
of plastic and it'll um, it'll stand up to the kids and the dogs and the bathtub of course so you can just like toss it in and um i think this is cool i when i, I was it. a kid i'm we're we're all just old enough correct me if i'm wrong but there weren't a lot of bath books when we were kids i don't no, know we no. always had toys in the bathtub but not rubber books like this well, that you could that's like. because that's because we were all born when there was a oil crisis <laughs> that's true that's right <laughs> literally literally <laughs> i was literally born in 1979 so like they yeah. weren't making plastic books you're right right <laughs> i remember the rubber ducky that's all i remember right uh so this is uh there's a number of berenstain bears bath books like that's that's uh there's the bath book there's it's a bath time i've covered maybe one or two of them uh but the Scrub-a-Dub-Dub and Great Scuba-Dive uh, both came with with bars of soap. Yep, one brother and one sister. Correct. Scrub-a-Dub-Dub is the sister version. It comes with a, uh, a piece of soap with sister's figure sort of imprinted upon it. And it's the, the soap is uh, pink in color, whereas the Great Scuba-Dive has a sort of bluish green bar of soap that has brother and... Um, Again, this is they're both rare. I, mm -hmm. I find that Scrub a Dub Dub is a little bit harder to find. Um, so that's why we included that, excuse me, on the list. But yeah, to find it in its box with the soap, like the one you see on the list there, that's literally my copy that I have on my shelf. Yeah, because if 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 you bought this book as a parent and you ever opened it, that soap was gone. That soap mm -hmm. was going to crumble, was gonna get smashed. And this isn't just a bar of soap with like a picture of a bear etched into it. These are bar relief bars of soap. Like these are three dimensional images of brother and sister. They're actually really, really cool looking. And that mold would, would make like an amazing, like, like thing to sell itself. Like you could make some pretty cool casts of, of, of the front of brother or sister with these things. It's interesting. Cause they weren't released at the same time. Scrub a dub was 96 and scuba dive was 97. And I think that's also why maybe Scrub-A-Dub-Dub -Dub is a little harder to find. Mm. It um, kind of got replaced by the brother version and is just right. a little bit older, a little bit earlier. They they maybe sold out of it right away. And instead of doing a second printing, they just came out with the brother version. So Right. And now uh, being someone that collects a lot of things, I'm currently looking for the Little Critter book that also came in the series. It has a Little Critter soap. So I want that oh. so I can have the trilogy. Just it, a bubble bath is what that one's called. Fascinating because I do remember Mike uh, talking about how whenever the Berenstains would do anything with their series, uh, suddenly Little Critter would be right there behind doing the exact same Very thing. Very true. Very true. Like whenever, like the the book, the format of the books, the uh, when they went to chapter books, they followed right behind <laughs> uh, and up to and including bars of soap. Yep. I would be fascinated to see the Little Critter bar of soap. I bet that looked pretty cool because that thing was. That thing had a lot of like hair and spines. It's so funny because these went they went for like six dollars back in the day, and now like I'm ready to spend like sixty dollars. Yeah, I would I would pay any amount of money for for one of these. Um, and actually, as of a few days ago, there was uh, a one scrub a dub dub uh, for sale on eBay for about fifty dollars. So, with the soap. Uh, with right? the soap, yeah, which is a really good deal. I don't know if it's still there. It was when I made my list uh, a week or so ago. Because for years, the ones with the soap never came up, except for like four, they'd be like $400 or something like really wow. crazy. Yeah, like this is actually something Jeremy and I were talking about just in the last week that like if I had made this list two years ago, Scrub-A-Dub-Dub might have been like number two or number three or number four. Um, and it's not even in the top 10 anymore 
because for some reason it's just like it's showing up a handful of times in the past year or two which sort of surprised us i wonder if like maybe someone found a crate or like an unopened or in the back of a warehouse somewhere someone was like yeah. oh, look, there's like 20 of these old berenstain bear things i'll start putting them out one after the other just to sort of like get them out there maybe it was mike himself <laughs> <laughs> Because as we know from visiting the archives, uh, Mike could it, by himself completely disrupt the collector's market if he wanted to. He could shatter the collector's market if he just put everything in that room on sale. There are things in that room that are collectibles that he just has by the box full. Well, and, and he doesn't even know. I remember him opening up a drawer and he's like, oh, look at this. What? This yeah. old tree, what the spooky old tree wasn't supposed to be a spooky old tree? Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. And he's got, like, the original illustrations showing it. Right. And didn't we all walk away with sealed copies of the six-cent version of Papa's Pizza? Yeah, we'll be discussing that in the next episode. That's, yeah, we uh, will. A little spoiler, a uh, little, like, sneak peek at, uh, at books Dumb one through gun. ten. We've got some extra special uh, extra special books coming up next time, uh, including a book that is a uh, – that is, well, as Jeremy mentioned, a scratch and sniff that, as we are counting it down right now, is still – for a limited time, the only Berenstain Bears scratch and sniff book. But there will be more news on that uh, in a, in in the future. Uh, cool. So this is the this is the the first edition of the Berenstain Bears uh, top twenty. Uh, this is books twenty through eleven. Some fascinating stuff on here, guys. But uh, but as we've as we've hinted, uh, we're looking forward to next episode where we will be covering the top ten uh, rarest and most unusual Berenstain Bears books. Now, of course, this doesn't include like standees that appeared in libraries no, or no. end end cap displays because uh not everyone owns the lenticular image of sister bear on roller skates but but i do <laughs> but you do <laughs> honestly one of my favorite you know what i'm i'm always sad about i am sad that there's not uh they never did the berenstain bears do you ever get the uh, the Viewmasters with like the like the Peanuts characters that were done like as three dimensional models? Like there weren't drawings; they actually like handcrafted three oh, yeah. D scenes of the Peanuts characters to to photograph for the Viewmasters. And it's just and, and the Flintstones. I know those exist too. Like there's some of the most beautifully handcrafted children's images, and they existed just to take three D pictures of for Viewmasters. I miss that they never did that for the Berenstain Bears because I would love knowing that somewhere out there are these intricately handcrafted models of bear country just sitting in someone's on someone's shelf waiting to be collected. Because I have the Viewmaster things, but I never opened them. They're just cartoon drawings. Yeah, they're just like right. animation cells, oh. traditional, the more common Ooh. form. Yeah, <laughs> dumb old drawings. We don't want those. <laughs> they are good though. I love I I love looking through mine. Uh, are the are the Viewmasters hard to find, or are they? They didn't used to be. Um, I haven't looked for them in a while, but I would suspect those are actually getting getting pretty rare as well. I have two sets. I have a sealed packaged set, and then I have a set that I opened and I I look at occasionally. Yeah, I bought them this year, and I spent twenty five each. I think they're the mm. same the same reels, but they had two different package versions. That's of the also yes, there were two different editions. There was like an edition that came out in the eighties, and then in the nineties, they're the same reels but different packaging. Yeah. I, I I just want to point out that I did a quick search 
and uh, it pulled up a Viewmaster reel from the Fox and the Hound Viewmaster. I and have that. That was one that I had when I was a kid. That was, and uh, it's it's just a picture of Copper the dog looking at Todd, and Todd looks as sad as a cartoon fox can look with the caption, "You'd better go, Todd. I'm a hunting dog now." And I'm uh-huh. like, what a wonderful moment to capture in Viewmaster the the moment where a dog tells his fox friend, "You have to leave, or I'm going to have to kill you." That is a, it's a beautiful, but kind of a sad story. I'm going to say right now, if you ever want a sad story, read the original novel of The Fox and the Hound, which A, wasn't written for children, and B, involves the deaths of pretty much every character in the story. Also, The Fox and the Hound, never friends in the book. I'm too depressed to read that right now. I got to wait till. I made the mistake of reading it once and I was like, oh no. Oh, yeah. why did they ever think this would make a good cartoon? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so on that note, that's the end of the Berenstain Bears uh, books 20 through 11. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, will you join me for uh, books 10 through 1? Absolutely. I'd love, I'd love to. Please, please yeah. invite us back. Yes, please invite us back. <laughs> Maybe I'll invite a couple of other collectors on to talk about them. That'd be fun. I'll farm out the guest spot to someone else in the collectors club. I'd be so territorial about that. <laughs> yeah. Never, never, never. It'll never happen. You guys are guests for life. Oh, thank you. Um, so uh, quickly, where can our guests find you uh, besides on the Berenstain Bears collectors groups? Actually, um, I'm I'm just recently famous on TikTok. You can find me at Bradley Mariska on TikTok. When I went to bed last night, every TikTok I'd ever ever made had less than a thousand views. And as of this afternoon, I have a TikTok that's been viewed by two hundred and fifty thousand people. So um, wow. check me out on TikTok. <laughs> and Jeremy, do you have a do you have a a, a, a TikTok presence? I, I don't even have a TikTok account. I'm, <laughs> But yes, you can find me on Facebook under Jeremy Gloff. Yes. I, uh, I do a music podcast in addition to loving the Berenstein Bears. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, check out these guys. Uh, they have, they are, they are two, uh, besides being Berenstein Bears uh, fanatics and collectors, Jeremy and Bradley are also artists and uh, just all around great great people Uh, and you can find you can find this show wherever you've wherever you found it obviously you're listening to it you can find it on twitter at bstainbearcast or at berenstainbearcast.com so uh, yeah check us out next week we'll be finishing up this series guys thanks once again for joining me thank you Phil we really appreciate it thank you and we'll see you all next time deep deep in bear country bear country (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.